Okay, everyone, so here we are back at the uh, J-Rock Onsen. I'm your host, Mazu, joined with host Nexus. Hello. And host Sis. Yo. And special guest, MBT. Burp, burp. Oh burp, burp. Alright, so today we're gonna talk about then versus now. So talking about J-Rock, Visual K... Not just the music itself, but maybe even the community, you know, how things have changed, how easy it is to access now, or how not easy it was to access back then, those kinds of things. So, uh, for myself, personally, to start it off, I'll say that I feel that in the last few years, especially... Things have started in a trend where like hardcore type music and heavier sounds are getting more and more popular. I don't, I don't know if you guys really agree with that though, but I feel I like that's yeah. more the way things what, are going. What time frame was it? <sighs> you uh, know, I think I feel like it started. But it did. I'm not gonna say it started somewhere, but for me, it started with Deluhi, and then I saw bands like uh... Dude, Deluhi is like super late into that wave. I mean. <laughs> Wait, you guys are talking about the time frame that we're gonna uh, discuss about, and I guess that's where around where VK started, I guess, and to current time. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that would be a, a set time frame around VK. Maybe not necessarily starting. <sighs> I okay. Don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, yeah. That's that's fine, a that's a that's an interesting thing. It's yeah. hard to pinpoint where and when the yeah. heck actually started, honestly. Or how would I put it? When uh, the Japanese music- musicians appropriated the American glamour again, accidentally think... created visual K. Yeah, well, it's yeah, it's around that time. I mean, when people started to uh, dress up and uh, and uh, do more kind of makeup. Uh, kind of crazy looks but Maz, when you mean heavier you mean like devilloof kind of stuff right not necessarily devilloof because devilloof Mm -hmm. in my in my personal opinion kind of mixes a bit of like grindcore type elements into their music but but i'm talking about is more like they added visual k to to grindcore yeah they feel less visual k and more like a like a grindcore band but i'm i'm talking like more like the I don't want to say necessarily metalcore, but more hardcore type scene like um yeah uh who, who Cold Rain or or mm. Crystal Lake mm. and uh the the there's like three or four bands like that that are really popular right now like Same. Sim Sim falls into it too. Sim Sim's a I I give Sim a pass on being like straight up hardcore because of their like weird reggae mix that they throw in there. Yeah, but um, yeah, there's there's I, I think it, like, it's, hone your um, sense. I think sometimes a little bit too. Is yeah, like hone your hardcore. sense is really good. They're really good. But yeah. the thing you but the thing you're mentioning, I think uh, the kind of like spurt of uh, heavy bands um, getting more popular and also becoming more trendy. I think it's also because technology has evolved. To allow them to produce that kind of sound. Well, also there's like, uh, listen, obviously foreign bands sometimes lead by example, and so they get the influence from there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because like Nexus said, Visual K in a way you could say is the appropriation of of glam rock. So mm. for a while that was you know really popular here in the states and globally. It was all about glam rock, you know, Motley Crue and stuff like that. Like if you see interviews with a lot of bands like oh who's your inspiration a lot of times they'll say motley crew or like metallica yeah or i mean bands that everyone knows 
but if yeah, I if I don't remember, like every second interview, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I remember correctly, in the um, uh, Hoshiko interview that we had, uh, X Japan were like big fans of uh, uh, Motley Crue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so there's there's that, and and you see that with stuff in the past, but then present day, I still see a lot of them citing the same artists, but. You know, now and then there's different stuff, but, you know, living here in the States or when I did live in the States around like, <laughs> I want to say 2007, 8, 9, 10, like that chunk of time, the hardcore scene was like totally on the rise. And it's almost like now it's finally hitting here in Japan. And now we're starting to see more bands kind of gravitate towards that style. Yeah. But I don't actually know how how big it is uh in in japan i know it's popular but like in comparison to i don't know pop <laughs> okay well i can start with um let, let's talk about some of the uh, vocaloid scene uh mm-hmm. because uh in the past um i mean it's i guess it started out with more kind of poppy music but then people started kind of like trying to that this goes back to the stuff that i talked about technology because people were making music at home now uh, which was I don't know early two thousand maybe, and uh, because they had access to that kind of technology, they were also experimenting on how they could produce like scream vocals with Vocaloid, and that's how like the uh, what's it called scream scream I forgot the term, but I, I genuinely didn't know that you could produce scream vocals. Yeah, no, no, no! It's like um, wait, Vocaloid scream. Utsupi. I don't know if he's the first one to do it, but he's definitely one of the pioneers of it. Like he's the one who's probably the most famous for it. And what they do is they, from what I've heard, is you take the Vocaloid and you put them on the whisper setting, and then you just fucking throw the gain up there, and then you get a scream. Huh. Yeah, it's basically uh, like that, and um, like using that kind of kind of like tone, you you get a really more kind of like harsher kind of sound. Yeah, and that's how they uh, started with that kind of like metal, uh, like hats and Mickey trend. Uh, but I don't see that as much anymore. So in that sense, in the Vocaloid scene, I guess it kind of died down, though it still exists. Yeah, with Utsupi in particular, he he does have some more popular stuff now, but the screams either aren't used at all or just not used as much. Like uh, recently, what was it? You went to like Miku Expo in, in Europe or something and they played one of his songs for her live show. Yeah, exactly. But there's no um, screams I'm... in that one. It, there are screams. There's like a, a breakdown part, but um, there are more, there aren't, as prominent anymore it's because before it was more like uh, scream 90% of the song mm-hmm. but then it's like 10% clean vocals maybe or, or other vocal kind of vocals but now it's uh, kind of like inverted it's more used as an accent or a way to uh, emphasis uh, emphasize the song yeah, so when did like when did vocaloids become widespread oh uh, I actually don't have a, yeah. a good answer to that I feel like when I got into J music, I kn- immediately knew about Vocaloid. Like, just in, like, the foresight, it was re- like, I can't even explain how I even got to know Vocaloid. So it's, that's interesting. I mean, uh, to be honest, I didn't, like, 
I didn't really like the Vocaloid sound at the beginning, uh, but it's kind of like I've gotten used to it, so it doesn't sound necessarily bad to me anymore, but it doesn't yeah. sound as good as, I mean, real vocals. It's the same Dude, as me. Hatsunemiku is, wow. is like your thing, right? Now you're admitting this. <laughs> you actually don't like Vocaloid sounds. I like what Hatsunemiku has uh, allowed the world to... Uh, how how the world is able to connect together. Yeah. Uh, like Hatsunemiku is a medium that has brought people together and also created a lot of great so, artists. So Hatsunemiku is the freaking messiah and you respect the religion she's created. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> Honestly, kinda. It sounds very outlandish, but it's a good comparison. Yeah. Yeah. You're just praising yourself now. Praise Hatsunemiku. I don't. I. I didn't. I still, from time to time, listen to songs of like voc- Vocaloid songs. And I'm like, mm. but compared to, I would say, quite a few years ago, um, I am definitely more accepting of it now. Like, I can definitely just listen to it rather than be like, oh, I don't really like it. And that's because of the, because like, I've discovered artists that blend genres rather than do the whole poppy pop go down the pop route and that's it um and so when i heard i can't remember the the, the it's a p song during the live i was like oh you know like this is like totally my thing i i knew like there were metal bands who done uh had vocaloid as the main vocalist but it was always not my kind of metal that i was into so yeah it's, it's cool that it's done so much but the uh, the song that you heard um at the Hatsune Miki concert that was uh which that one was actually mild compared to his older work yeah yeah um, the the song yeah. i always think of when i think of utsupi is probably psychokinesis i think uh, a lot of people think of um shit i forgot the song <laughs> well he he he's definitely got you know much harsher stuff than that i mean even um out here, there's an arcade game called Chunathim, and it's it's in every arcade. It's really popular, and it's got one of his songs, and it's a lot more harsh than what I heard in that live performance. But going going back to talking about technology, that I think does have a big role in everything too, because if you look at the history of uh, Western music, even like with bands like Run DMC and kind of hip-hop artists in the past, it wasn't until DJ equipment became a little more widely available that these bands started to form and create their new style of music for that era. YouTube got, YouTube got better. Yeah, uh, YouTube, definitely. For, for, for ADP. For Imagine back, back, way back when, in like 2002, once... The internet was already a thing, so some people in the West knew about Japanese music, but had to fish out literally everything and anything from really obscure bits on the internet, and then YouTube became a thing, and suddenly it was so easily accessible. And then YouTube became too much of a thing, and they started copyright claiming everything. I mean, at that time, you could only put like 10 songs on your MP3 player. (laughs) Yeah, true. That's That's true. true. Yeah. I guess what what YouTube has also done is that um, record labels have learned how to utilize it to the best of their ability. Um, yes. like, I, I don't know, man. That's, oh, no, that's no, a very no, bold no. claim. It's still it's still like growing, but 
it is, I think, it's as best as it was. If I was comparing this to maybe 10 years ago or it wasn't, it was pretty bad. Like, you wouldn't have an official, official um, banned YouTube. Um, Wait, are you talking about YouTube or the actual people using it, though? But I'm talking about both, really. Like, you, like, you have the official YouTube and then when you have the official YouTube, um, people could upload it, upload their music video or whatnot. And before you couldn't have that, you would have to, you would get somebody illegally up, uploading something uh, for all to see. And by making it official... But, you're, you but you're talking about that uh, it's, uh, it's a lot better now because bands upload their own videos uh, officially so they actually stay up there. Is that what you're saying? But I'm also saying that it's also easier to... It, it will get popular that way, I believe. Yeah, but also, since it's way more, like, way more watched now and way more moderated, if the band doesn't choose to share it themselves, if you share it illegally, it, it gets taken down. So it's also becoming, like... A curated experience where some many things are fortunately that's great available for free, but also um, the things that used to be so commonly shared, like pretty much illegally, are not really a thing anymore because it's way harder to get them out there because everything gets taken down, you know? Yeah, and yeah. I mean, even earlier, open earlier on, things were getting taken down, so yeah, it's good that we have this official, like, official. YouTube now and whatnot. Yeah, that's definitely something too. But it, talking about YouTube and everything, that's definitely changed the scene today. I mean, YouTube was a part of it probably when some of us got started, and it was a lot easier to find shit back then because it was all uploaded without anyone's permission. But YouTube was always <laughs> wasteland in like 2006. Yeah. Well, the comment section wasn't as bad as it is today, but uh. That that's that's another thing too. Talking about the role of technology, maybe you know, especially with the hardcore stuff being more popular, what we're seeing is the bands that people tend to listen to are the ones that are easier to find, and the ones that are easier to find are the ones that are best at utilizing you know social media, YouTube, Twitter, getting their name out there, and a lot of times, yeah. whatever trend they're following, it it becomes the trend. Yeah, I think, and I think. You're hitting something there because I've been thinking that um, the bands that get more popular in the West uh, are the Japanese hardcore bands because yeah. they realize that that is technically a Western style. It's not something so inherently Japanese as Visual K. And so they like get more into making their shame more accessible to the Western audience. So they're... Yeah. Their popularity is literally inherently tied to the the spread of technology and shit like YouTube and Spotify and stuff like that. Because they mean, want you to have... reach the Western audience because of their Western style, and they just utilize the tools better. But you have like uh, like uh, Crossfade, for example. They yeah. tour uh, like <clears throat> overseas more than they tour yeah. Japan it's because the they know class. their audience. But I think they I think they also hit it at the right time. At right place at the right time because then when they because I remember I went to their first gig in the UK and then from then they went to they played with like bands like Bring Me the Horizon from Memphis Mayfire I think like a whole load of like 
bands that would like in their genre and because they played with other like western bands people started realizing oh shit like japanese metalcore this is brilliant and then from crossfit i feel like crossfit is kind of like a pioneer in some way because that's that led to like bands like crystal lake coming over cold rain i think you're uh, right yeah yeah but nbt kind of uh, on what you said it's not because they tour that they're popular it's because they're popular that they get to tour. Yeah. Like, yeah, it does help you bring in a few new people when you tour. And, and, you know, word of mouth spreads a little more. Some people show up to the show and then they're like, okay, I can get into this. Like, I know for sure when I've been to some shows, there's people there who are clearly not into Japanese bands. But they're like, yeah, I go to every show at this live house or whatever. It's It's not because they tour that they're big, but it's because they're big that they tour. Wait, can you can you evolve on uh, um, explain more about the uh, part about the person who go to all the gigs at the venue? It's not necessarily the venue, enough? but like for example, a lot of the shows I went to in the past were in Los Angeles, and there were people there who like in line and stuff. You'd talk to people. There was more than one occasion I'd be like, "Oh, so you know, are you are you a fan of this band or whatever?" Like, no, nah, I've never heard of them, but my, my friend recommended I go, and it's here. I got nothing to do. It's it's Saturday night. So it hey, does happen. It's, it's literally happened to me before that I, like, came to a venue, and some, like, older metalheads were there that looked ex- extraordinarily out of place at a Japanese band. And they were just like, yeah, we come here often, and we don't really know what this is. So we're just here because we come here. Wait, so they're just there to drink beer or, or what? Yeah, I mean, they, they know that it's a metal band. Maybe they, like, you know, they keep up with that venue or the venues in town. And they know that yeah. a metal band is going to be playing. They don't necessarily know what metal band, but they know that ah, I'm into metal. You know, maybe they saw, like, a PV or two. Like, for me, it's always Deer on Grey that I go to. Maybe they saw, like, a PV or two, and they're like, okay, they're moderately heavy. Maybe Maybe I'll go. And then they go. I might enjoy this. And they're like, well, it's an interesting way to kind of discover and consume music because you do it in real life rather than behind a computer. Yeah, my father does. He literally just goes goes see shit, and if he likes it, then he like follows the band. But did you say he literally go and see shit? Literally, you know what I mean? (laughs) I I, I would say my dad's the same way. Like he'll he'll go to a show with like one band that he's known for like a year or so, and then he comes back home with like a ton of CDs. Seven bands. And like, what happened? Yeah. He's like these other bands were great. <laughs> yeah, I think that even when I went to Durham Grape uh, in February, like they, I spoke to I think it was a couple, and they was they were like, oh, we've never heard this band before, but before we we come and like. It's amazing, like don't worry, amazing. And I was like, oh shit! So that stuff still, like, it still happens now, and that's cool. I think it's a lot rarer now, and I think you know, especially talking about the past versus now. Back then, it was more common, and that's probably why it was so much harder for Japanese bands to get discovered out here because it's not really easy to just get a fucking tour out here. I think it's also like a sense of othering. So like, oh, they're Japanese bands, but are they as good as the Western bands? You know. And I think because of bands like Crossfaith and Crystal Lake and whatever, they've all they've proved their worth, you know. And now they're like, oh, like we can, yeah, we can bring these guys on tour and it'll be like fine, you know. You mean that Japan has gotten a better image uh, with time and and now 
they're more open to bringing Japanese bands. Yeah, I think they proved their worth in as a metal band. Um, are you uh, wait, are you talking about specific band or like in general Japanese bands? That's what I'm more getting at. Um, I'm talking about in general. I think. Yeah. It, but no matter what Sis is talking about, it definitely happened in general. Yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah. Did, it did happen in general, but it, in a lot of ways, it kind of didn't. Because if you think about Ooh, it, what's the what's the what's the, the twist? If if you think about it, if if you ask a, a random person on the street if they know any Japanese bands in in the states, who do you think they'll say? Baby metal, exactly. <laughs> I'm not saying. Wait, I'm is, not... is baby metal really that prominent? In oh, cool. I know Dude, they, they were on. They were on late night TV. They're they're everything now. Like for for okay. for the normies, they're everything now. But <laughs> not 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 nothing against baby metal. You know, obviously yeah. they are good and they have you okay. know legitimate artists behind them. They wouldn't be where they are if they weren't. But <laughs> is that really the vision of J Rock and Visual K that? Do you think everyone should see and be like, yeah, that's what J-Rock is. That's what Visual K is. What, what about Banmay, though? Ooh. What about him? Nobody fucking knows what Banmay is. Wait, I, I mean, I, no, wait, hold up. I do, but like... Banmay are tall Of course you do, because you're in the scene. I mean, normie. <laughs> I mean, it's... It's weird, that is, actually. Because they're not... They're, they're definitely not the same band, but... Yeah, I can't really... Uh, it's hard to explain. Everyone I... and their mother knows what BTS is, but when it comes to Japan, everyone only knows baby metal. But that that's that's a thing, though. If if you... Let, let's say you put on a random video for someone, and you were like, guess what country this band is from? And you, you played bandmade. They'd be like, oh, they're Japanese. Like, immediately. Because they'd see a bunch of girls yeah. playing metal music. Yeah. But if, yeah. You, if you put on, you know, Cold Rain or something... They'd be like, ah, I don't know, man. They sound oh, like but, they're from but, California. <laughs> they wouldn't immediately oh, jump Masa, to be like, oh, that's Masa Japanese metal. Uh, yeah, but Masato is Hafu, so. Yeah. But his English, English is near perfect. That's the yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all, it, also but, when he it but there's no his reason hair, that he looks know, he looks pretty like like not that Japanese anymore too. But hey, here's the thing, we keep we keep going back to the distinction of. Japanese music and Western music, even for Japanese bands, because there are some Japanese bands that play Japanese music, and there are some Japanese bands that play in West play Western music, and I guarantee that everyone can pinpoint which is which. And should it yeah. be that way? Well, I, I don't know what, where where Mazo was going with it, but um, I mean, it's I think it's easy to distinguish the. Uh, like if it's a Japanese or if it's a Western yeah. band. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, maybe. could you could you distinguish easily that Crossfade is a Japanese band? I couldn't. Mm, I mean, yeah. by the sound, you you yeah. mean only by, by the, the sound, sound? I couldn't. By looks, I also couldn't. They could be American. What? <laughs> is, no they could be American. <laughs> there are many Asian people in America. <laughs> because because I got into them early on. Yes, definitely. But now I'm not entirely sure. It'd be interesting to see an outsider's look into that. Yeah, that's what this, I mean. Uh, what, this, that's podcast, what I feel. <laughs> this podcast is steadily happening to become uh, what Western versus Eastern music instead. I, 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 I feel like we we don't have we don't have the same perception about the people you're trying to talk about, which is the normies, as you call them. It, it's it's hard to kind of get that. 
if I don't know any normies. I don't like them. I don't know what they think about shit. <laughs> Why do you talk like you know? I mean, I, I've generally observed some things, but I don't like really talk about too many normies, except maybe my family. <laughs> it's so funny that I call your family normies. <laughs> <laughs> like Stop father... talking to me, mom. You're normie. <laughs> My father likes metal, but that's about it. But the rest of my family are fucking normies. Uh, but do you guys want to bring up like any of like, any specific field that you've been involved in regarding this, this topic of like old and and current? What do you mean field? So I, I was talking about Vocaloid, for example. I've always okay, yeah. So how Vocaloid thing. has changed over the over time? Yeah. I I mean. I mean, from the beginning, I, I was talking more about the heavier type of band, and over time, I feel like we're getting more of them, but at the same time, more of them are starting to sound a lot more Western in the like post-hardcore type scene, where yeah. in the past, like e- even when it was mostly still Visual K bands doing heavier stuff, it was a lot of them kind of copying, not copying, but being inspired by some of the heavier stuff by Deron Gray, starting with like the Uroboros era, like take a band like yeah. Vajra, you know, a lot of their songs, they had like the same tune essentially as some of Deer's songs, but it was a little muddier and darker sounding. And then we had Zodiac way back when, when, when Ice was <laughs> Arrows, because Zodiac yeah. was so good, they were so good, you know. But but, but but they're they're one of the heavier bands that was around back then, and they weren't like a hardcore sound. They were just fucking brutal. Like they were great, and you then you know you look at the more visual K kind of glam kind of stuff still, and you had the virtuoso guitarists like uh, Leda and and stuff like that. So there was different bits of it. But it never really sounded the way this hardcore stuff sounds today. It, it was more now, now that you mentioned all this kind of stuff, I kind of get get a better idea of what you were talking about. Because uh, even with a lot of Visual K bands, uh, they have started to take more of the uh, kind of Western sound that you're talking about. Like, let's say Gent. That has been so much more popular now in, in Visual K bands. Yeah, that has yeah. been. Gent in general like, is super popular. Far, far east design. Um, yeah, base, le- leather. Yeah, we're going back like, to leather. There's just all these elements. Like you can even hear it in bands that you, that songs that are not intentionally degent, de- uh, but they've got a, they've got a degenty part, and you're like, oh yeah, I see what you're doing there. You know, <laughs> I'm buying it's what the, you're selling. It's the Japanese okay. guitarist or the wailing power metal guitar and now it's everywhere yeah yeah yeah, the wailing power metal (laughs) guitar that was one of the things that like with japanese rock in general when i first started getting into it there weren't too many wailing power metal guitars and personally it's not a sound that i like i love that sound honestly (laughs) (laughs) so i just had to say it yeah no definitely people like it i mean there's a reason it's so popular and has been around for decades but it's not something i like but it's uh also one of the uh, more significant signs that you see is that uh there's a specific brand that uh, does this kind of like gent guitars and that's the swedish brand called strandberg and uh when you see that guitar it's very distinct uh it's a sorry 
You mean here the guitar? No, no, no. Uh, well, actually, the, actual the guitar body style and everything. The exactly. So the okay. So the guitar body style. I think I don't know if it's patented or anything like that, but it's very distinct uh, body shape, and it's usually I think it's always headless too. So yeah. you don't have this uh, weird thing that sticks out on the guitar. Weird but thing. Even... Weird thing. <laughs> every every weird other guitar has a fucking head. head, but now now the you head is the, the weird thing, thing. That's on like all guitars. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It, it sounds yeah. Like, that, that was bad word for me. <laughs> yeah, but, it doesn't uh, have a head. So you don't have this weird thing like a head sticking out of the top. Uh, yeah. How, how to tell that NBT is a drummer? You know this weird thing yeah, on the guitar. Uh, Dulahan over has. here telling us how guitars <laughs> are supposed to look. Uh, but I, I guess I got so used to headless guitars but um that guitar is uh, very popular now in japan and I'm a lot of what uh... the fuck a headless guitar is oh you okay you don't know that okay so it's no, basically I don't. you know you know the the thing Jesus that you it looks fucking how does that work you okay know, let me you explain know, how it their guitars use a headless guitar i don't care how... about that band i can't remember fuck off, dude riot is such a good song <laughs> how do you tune it at the, That's, at the okay. base, so, bridge. On regular guitars, you have like a head that sticks out, and that's yes. where you can tune the guitar. Yes. Uh, so you can tune it with your, basically your hand, your fingers, and you just uh, screw, screw the, tighten it, uh, the, the screws. Uh, but, <laughs> but headless guitars doesn't have. They don't have that. They have. You have to use like a. Um, what I call it? Is it an Allen Those... wrench? Yeah, well, it's a it's a tool. I don't, I don't know the the name of it. Uh, Can't still tune them. I know. I can see. You're not allowed to tune them. The, the, you you get it, and it's tuned at the factory. And once it's out of tune, <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> yeah, you have to buy new guitars. <laughs> <laughs> but they're super expensive, though. Like I think I think the cheapest one around uh, maybe two thousand five hundred dollars. That's like a very cheap version. Yeah. Um. Uh, okay. Today is the first time I've seen a headless guitar, and I have I'm to say so this. I do not like this. I do not like this. The head of the guitar is part of the appeal of the guitar. <laughs> uh, that's yeah, yeah. It's it's weird at first, but then you look at if you see you look at it more, you're like, oh, you know what? This this actually works. You know? Yeah. I think you're so comfortable. Yeah. You're you're so used to seeing the head there. That's the thing. And I wasn't you can make the head pretty and work with the rest of the guitar. What do I want? want a flower up there? <laughs> you know what? Sure. I think the main the main point really is that uh, more more people saw bands like I guess Pliny and I can't remember the other one, but <laughs> but then they were like, oh, you know, we can use it as well. And even later, later um, has one now. Yeah, he's sponsored you know? by the brand too. So so. And yeah, more bands, more bands are just Japanese bands are using it now. So We're fucking off topic again. Yeah, extremely. But it, you know, it it is different elements of different things that different artists are taking in other in different directions, and it is a change yeah. in the genres and the style of Japanese music now compared to then. Yeah, you see, you see, Gazette used Gent as well. Um, yeah, yeah, not, I don't, I don't know that band. <laughs> yeah. It's your favorite band, man. <laughs> yeah, they definitely do. Like every every time somebody brings up a band, I'm like, what the fuck? I've never heard of that in my life. 
both NPT and Maso have have mentioned and name dropped like ten bands. You don't know Zodiac? Nope, I have never heard of Zodiac. (laughs) Okay, I got I got I got some stuff you gotta listen to, bro. Dude, I need to listen. You, you, you gotta you gotta let go, man. Zodiac is gone, dude. They're on indefinite hiatus. Okay, the website says indefinite hiatus. How how like? Have you actually known that Malice Miser? They never broke up. They have actually been on hiatus since two thousand and one, except it's two thousand and twenty, and they are probably never what, getting off the hiatus. They did, they did have they did have like one off performances exactly. like last year. Yeah, they so, they do have you know, like one performance like, a year, but. What, Oh, did, does that count? Know, what do you mean it doesn't count? What kind of shows does it really count? It counts. Is it, is it, if it's, they've done it for the 20th anniversary, I believe. So, yeah. No, it's not just the 20th anniversary. They literally do it every summer. But I still don't think it counts. Well, uh, Why I mean, do they do it during summer? Why is it during the summer? I, I mean, there were. I have no so idea. Well, Mazo, it's for the look, makeup sponsor. That is such a valid point, and I have been thinking about that for years because it's Malice Mazer specifically, and why the fuck would you want to do a show in summer in that get up? Yeah. I know. I don't know where we're going with this anyway. We're not going anywhere. We're totally off topic. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we, this we, is getting we, cut out. Just saying it. <laughs> we get the point. I, I think the bottom line what is, point? the bottom line <laughs> is shit is point. changing. <laughs> yes. Things continue to change. Back then we had a lot more of a glam type of influence in the heavier stuff. Today we're starting to see more hardcore, post hardcore type stuff. And then, you know, we have the outliers that are just taking it in a totally different direction, just going, like, super fucking heavy with it. And then you have, even in, like, the lighter, more rock-type scene, you have people taking it in other directions. You got TK, Lintoshite Shigure, they're doing their thing, totally different from anyone else. I mean, you got Toriko, they're doing their thing, their math rock thing, totally different from anyone else. Trick out. Math rock? Like, math Oh, yeah, they, they I do don't math. I want to explain math rock to you yeah. right now. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> yeah, you understand it if you listen to it. It's it's, uh, it's a very extremely technical style of 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 playing rock and roll. But let me ask you this, Mazo. Do you think that the post hardcore sound has become dominant though? I think in the heavier scene, it is definitely the dominant sound right now. In which scene? The heavier scene. Oh, sorry. Yes, it is. <laughs> in, in in the more metal side of Japanese music, hardcore and post-hardcore is where it's at. That's where all the popular Absolutely. bands are right now. That's what's dominating. And until something else comes along, I think we're going to slowly start seeing bands come out of nowhere with the same kind of sound and start to Visual rise in popularity. fucking dead and gone. <laughs> Oh, oh! Well, I mean, you're, you're the resident Visual that. K person, so what do you think what's about that, Visual K? It did. What's dead and gone? What's dead and gone? Because I don't believe that's dead and gone. I believe, like, back in the day, there was much more. It was much more easier to pinpoint the subcultures within Visual K. So you know, Angura K, yeah, I think uh, Kota K, but I think and Oshara K, um, but. I think now it's kind of like 
I rem- I distinctly remember there was a point, and I was I wasn't too into it back then, but there was a point in Visual K where the visuals kind of just like got turned up to ten. Everything like the photography got better, the costumes got better, uh, like the style was became different. Um, yeah, and that for me, I like kind of like now I realise it it just blows my mind because it is completely different but there are also bands who kind of um, preserve that preserve certain parts of Visual K so you have uh, like Glamskler Glamskler take your time La Vilm Miseria Kiryu and they're bands who preserve that kind of K and or Visual K and have been rolling for it for however long. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to... I think one point also bands kind of sounded the same, mm-hmm. and now they sound distinct. Yeah, and- the, that's that's a thing. The, however much people like to deny, there used to be a sound to Visual K. Mm, that yeah. is not a thing anymore. Uh, these days, Visual K bands, if they want to preserve the Visual K aesthetic, they do that visually. But it, well, while I cannot quite pinpoint what the Visual K sound was, I don't think it's a thing anymore. Yeah, 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 I agree. Yeah, it was like, yeah, I can't pinpoint it either, but I, I, I understand what you mean. Like, it I was... cannot put into words what it was, I just know that it's not a thing anymore. It it's, like an, it's a nonchalant sound. Garden, whatever. <laughs> God, <laughs> there was like po- po- like parts of punk, uh, pop pop rock. Uh, I if I go to if I think of pop rock, I think of instantly Ancaf, like, and they had elements of punk as well. Yeah, and then there's other pop, like bands like Shaw. It depends on which kind of era you're talking about because there there were there was like a distinct sound for each of the eras, I guess. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, we've definitely gone entered like a new era. I just I'm not quite sure when we entered it. It was it definitely wasn't back in 2009. It must have been Some, like, somewhere in the, in the 2010s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somewhere in there. I feel like you don't really know until it changes again. Yeah. yeah, like right when you're like, oh, this is what things are. It changes, and you're like, oh, I guess not. Yeah, but then you know. look back like a couple years later, and you're like, yeah, I remember that time when everything was kind of this. Yeah, yeah, this sounds this sounds about right, actually. And right now more... you get these bands like I think what it was, Chiluka, I think that yeah, are they have that visual okay visual aesthetic. But uh, Jiluka, yeah, Chiluka is on point. Sound is what is it? Hardcore, metalcore? What would it's you say me- that? I would say metalcore. Yeah, like metal. the sound and the visuals just kind of don't mesh even. Wait, what do you mean? Yeah. What do you mean? No, I, I I don't say that I do not like the combo, but I also but I'm also saying that it's a new thing to take that hardcore metalcore sound and slap on this explicit cocktail size aesthetic on it. I don't know. That's that's been like I said have, before. They have a very like uh, distinct uh, kind of like typical visual case style, I guess, like a modern one. And I always thought that those bands look really heavy in terms yeah. of yeah yeah yeah. Definitely. 
But if we if we talk about bands like Elite Speak Monsters, for example, yeah, uh, you guys know the ones that are dressed up uh, like Halloween, uh, yeah, all year round. Uh, I'm always surprised by the kind of music they put out compared oh, yeah. to the, their look. Definitely, because yeah. I feel like they can just do whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and it's yeah. in a way that's great because like they're just they're doing whatever you know yeah i'm not saying it's a bad thing i'm just saying like um it's like the first time i saw them like uh, like they're dressed up like skeletons and shit and you so you would assume oh their sound is should be heavy i guess yeah but then you <laughs> when you listen to their music it's like really sophisticated mm. like rap rock and i mean i i guess mm. You know, we're 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 running out of time here, but sorry. I, I guess I have one one more question for everyone. In a way, do you think that now more than ever, the look doesn't really determine the sound anymore? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. like the thing. Yeah, I could I could see a band like one day and be like, you know what? They're gonna, I literally from the image. Instantly, I go. They're gonna be a pop rock band. They're gonna play this, this, this kind of music, and that's it. And then sometimes, like I would say, six out of ten, they surprise me, you know. And I'm like, oh shit, wow, I didn't expect that. Did so, you expect um, Dim Lim? <laughs> oh bloody hell, that's a, <laughs> that's a complete one eighty. Yeah. Um, yeah, but just to conclude, uh, what Massa was asking, uh, I don't think. Uh, the look really is uh, kind of like defining the sound. Uh, even I don't know if that has been the way in the past. It kind of used to be a thing, but it's not anymore. Yeah, okay. Uh, I don't believe that is the case right now, at least. I, I, if, if it's specifically for Visual K with this one, because... Yeah, for I, Visual I, K, I, it was so very much a thing. I feel like you could literally tell what a band would sound like from their looks alone. Yeah, because yeah. in my opinion, if you look at you know, I keep mentioning them because they're kind of the biggest ones right now in the hot, in the heavier scene, like Cold Rain, Crystal Lake, uh, those those guys. They definitely look like even Western hardcore bands would. Yeah, you can tell. Anyway, we are running a little bit long here, so uh, before we just keep talking about nonsense. Uh, let's go on ahead and get out of here. So, uh, thank you everyone for joining us. I, I'm sure now that we have a captive audience with the quarantine, we, it, it, you wouldn't prefer to be anywhere else but here. So, Just captivating. Yeah, yeah, always. So, uh, I've been your host, Mazo, with co-host Nexus. Yeah. And co-host Sis. Blah, blah. And special guest... Quack quack. Alright. We'll 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 see you guys around.